0: The Blokebusters podcast is a proud member of the Podbros network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters podcast.
1: Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Got
0: off! Today we are
1: canceling the apocalypse. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilou Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I
0: don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again?
1: Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to another episode of Bucker Busters, as I've decided to call this particular series, with uh, myself and my good friend Pat, who is... (laughs) Yes, there he is. I figured he'd join us eventually. Uh, We are here to talk about anime and certain themes around anime. Obviously, last time we just kind of did an overarching what is anime idea. And this one we are going to be talking about shows and films that kind of surprised us. And we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. And then also... Towards the end, we'll be talking about sort of animation and anime as storytelling mediums. and It'll be an interesting discussion, so hopefully you guys will listen in for that. Uh, first and foremost, let's get the nitty-gritty stuff out of the way. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Vero. Just look for Blokebusters, we're on there. You can email us at theblokes at com. You can go to com. It looks quite nice there. Yeah. Uh, Spent a lot of time just kind of fiddling with that, so it's it's lovely there. Uh, We're also on podbros.com, if you want to look at us on there. And finally, I'll be saying this on the podcast, because I forgot to mention it last time, we do now have a Patreon account, so if you want to check that out, check out the rewards, we have a thing going right now where when we reach 10 patrons, I will start releasing for the patrons the full unedited episodes as well as any of the recordings that I make while we're checking to make sure everything is set up before the podcast so you'll be receiving those in order starting as far back as I had them saved on my computer so there you go lovely little extra behind the scenes there for anyone that wants them and uh, yeah it's it's something that hopefully I'll be able to build more on as time goes on, but uh, uh, if you could check those out, that would be fantastic. So, first and uh, foremost, hi Pat, how you been?
0: I've been good, my friend. How about you? Uh,
1: not too bad. Uh, i got a little bit of dental stuff I'm dealing with right now, but uh, I won't listeners with that. Uh, uh, but yes, other than that, I've been uh, doing quite well, so I've been... <laughs> Actually, watching a couple of different animes since we last talked about it on here, yeah. and uh, I think one of those for me will come up anyway. <laughs> well, we we'll talk about it, so why don't we dive right in uh, for the first section then? So this will be TV show, well, anime, or animated TV shows that we watched that have surprised us in some way i I basically kind of left that either way, so it could be a good surprise or a bad surprise, so we we'll, we shall see so why don't you start Teleso like um what was, what's the first one that you thought of when uh, when we came up with this uh I
0: hate to be cliche for like the popular ones, but i i so, always remember the the you know watching this episode uh from Full Metal Alchemist that first episode. When uh, you're kind of watching and you're going to get introduced to the world and you're like, OK, I'm kind of fascinated by this. But then you finally get to that. There's uh, spoilers ahead, everybody, just so everyone's aware. Uh, yes, um, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, it gets to the scene where he's with the pa- the priest in the basement and uh, the the man is confronting uh, Edward about uh, trespassing upon the realm of gods and then sends a line at him. And then when the lion bites down and reveals his metal arm and then he says, no, I understand what it means to jer- transgress the realm of God. And I remember just being so blown away by that. It's like, whoa, because he came off like such an arrogant jerk in the beginning of the, uh, the show. You're like, what's up with this kid? He's uh, He's got to get that chip off his shoulder. And then when you finally get to that reveal, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. And this is <laughs> – really deep just in like a five second or five minute little monologue of like how um regardless of how like chipper they are they are very tortured souls and you get that right off the bat just from the reveal of um ed's missing uh, having a metal arm and leg and that uh, alphonse is in a robot and armor body just that that whole contrast of that like here's how dark the show can get i remember being just hooked at that point it's like <laughs> oh that is a way to set off the mark right off the bat not just for being a captivating like and not only that the whole scene was beautifully animated i remember that just sticking out to me just the shining shimmering and how they set it up so that you were like you didn't know what to expect like oh the lion's gonna rip his arm off and then when it reveals it breaks the blinds teeth it was just so perfectly timed and set up that it just like will always be ingrained in my memory yeah.
1: was that one brotherhood or was that the original series
0: so the original series uh, did it, and I know um, the Brotherhood one recreated it, and I think the recreation of it was so poorly done. Um, I still prefer the original series because it, it's still the same story regardless of which so- show you're watching it in. But I think if you were to watch that episode, you need to watch the very first one of just the Full Metal Alchemist's regardless if you've seen both series like that first one like it just perfectly sets up that world that story what what you're going into like it it starts to make you ask so many questions about what is this world where are we going next i want to know more like what better way to get you so entrenched in the world than to like set up these little things here and there you're kind of going okay this seems generic and then when you have that huge plot twist Of, like, what um, Alpha or Edward had done to himself and to his brother, you start to just want to know what the heck led to this point. And then, not only that, it starts to capture it by doing the next following episodes of what's the origin of this kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember watching Fullmetal Alchemist for the first time, and it just really sucked me in. And I watched the entire series in, I think, about three weeks. It's, uh, <laughs> a, yeah, I, I I really powered through that one, and then I heard that they were making Brotherhood, and I was like, okay, like I, I guess I see it. I heard they were following the manga in Brotherhood, whereas they diverge quite a lot in the original format of Alchemist. and so I was like, well, I don't know, like I'll I'll watch it, I'll give it a go, you know. I I think yeah I. Very much enjoyed Four Metal Alchemist, obviously, so I don't know what I think about Brotherhood. And my the first show that I thought of when we came up with this was actually Four Metal Alchemist Brotherhood in that I was thoroughly surprised at just how much I enjoyed Brotherhood after really? loving Four Metal Alchemist because I was thinking that it would be one of those things of, well, it's the same characters but a different type of story. Will I be as into it? kind of along the same lines as the Ghost in the Shell recent feature-length <laughs> thing that they did with the Arise. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm not sure how I'll feel about this. And I grew to really like Arise. And Brotherhood, I think, once it got going, was as good, if not a little better at times, than the original Full Metal Alchemist. So like that that was... The first thing that popped into my head when I was thinking, su- a surprise when watching an anime. So, yeah. It was... Do
0: I have to ask, which you, if you had to choose, like, I still say both are just phenomenal or worth anyone's time watching, but which one do you prefer, the original or Brotherhood?
1: The, that's actually really difficult for me to answer because they are so different in tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally think that. I would probably pick the original myself but I think that Brotherhood because it does get darker and really deals with that stuff I think it's better like, I, I just will always have that slight nostalgia for the original
0: so mm-hmm. uh, I had to say the same like that original like, I love uh, if you if you ever saw like the because uh, the show ended and then they had a movie uh, tie- up. Where they tied up and everything, so like it started to go into like the whole idea of parallel worlds and timelines, and yeah. I was just so shocked by how like that 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 that, that ending for the originals like, oh, they're just stuck here now, they just have to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> that that caught me by surprise, like whoa, that's a that's a ballsy way to end the show.
1: Yeah, and and then they had uh, was it Shambhala or whatever, whatever the film? No, that was the brother. I one.
0: think Shambhala was like one they like said earlier in the timeline. I don't think.
1: Uh, yeah, that one was said earlier. It was uh they did come out with a film that probably ended the storyline from the first one, and yeah, so sort of gave them an out, as it were. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that uh, that was a cool series, and it, it makes me want to rewatch it. But yeah, <laughs> I don't really have the time right now. I'm <laughs> getting through. Well, you don't
0: want to watch the whole like. Hundred episodes of both series combined. <laughs> yeah,
1: not at this point in time. No. <laughs> no,
0: no. <laughs> all right. So, what else did you have on your list then? Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna go with. Um, this is a more recent one for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was so because I kept hearing all the hype behind it. And uh, I refuse – I hate getting on hype wagons. I really, really do. Generally, (laughs) I wait to see uh, how a show does after a bit of time. Um, And the reason for that is because like when I watched uh, Bleach, everyone was hyped about Bleach. And I still enjoy Bleach. I'm not dragging on Bleach at all. But like it gets kind of old after a bit. Uh, So like when I heard all the hype – it can be so like that's why I, like a lot of shows when they're hyped up I try to ignore them because I want to see how the hype continues to build, but this yeah. show just keeps building steam. And since watching it, I out- totally understand why it's such a one- like one of a kind anime, and it's called uh, My Hero Academia.
1: Yes, I I believe you mentioned this one before.
0: Uh, I I've never been so enraptured in the story of like a, a person rising to above their 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 backstory their background you know just trying to say like you know what whatever challenge is laid before me i gotta overcome them and like the story just captures it because you're used to like seeing like the the the, the status quo of the mentor mentee relationship of the mentor is this really gruff grizzled guy but has a heart of gold but never shows it and uh my hero academia just blows her right off the bat it's like this guy he's just got a heart of gold and just like he's just a, the the fun loving mentor that you want to have who is constantly pushing you to be forward, but he's also trying to keep you within the lines. Like, I don't know Um, that the very first uh, two episodes of the series um, established like uh, that uh, Deku, uh, the main character has no powers and yet he still chooses to rise to the occasion to uh, try to be here or regardless of what circumstances uh, prevent him from doing so. And everyone around him with powers, say what's wrong with you kid and he still does it and at the end of the episode he's rewarded for his bravery uh, saying you have the potential to be a hero let's help you to achieve it and uh, the whole scene is just him crying at the end and I just remember being just so moved I'm not crying in the the end of that scene but I remember just being so enraptured like that is uh, the goal most people would want to have is just to say like here persevere and keep trying and trying and knowing that you can become more than what you were said to be I don't know. So it's just a, it's a feel good anime. There's plenty of those feel good animes, but this one is one that's just like, it not only just feels good, but it also gets you so pumped because you all you can keep thinking is how do you keep pushing this even further? Because <laughs> like, as you, the story progresses that if you ever get to watch it, I'm telling you, I, I really recommend it. If you get to sit down and watch it, the anime fight scenes are just amazing and how they set up each of the fights. Because yeah. uh, there, halfway through the season, there's a fight between uh, one of the guys who has the power of, of fire and ice combined, and when those two go toe-to-toe, it is – it not only is it just beautifully set up, but you just feel through the animation and the sound design and all of it. You feel how epic this fight is because the whole stadium is erupting. Because I remember watching Dragon Ball, and I would get kind of enraptured in the fight scene. But it never, but I was like, well, these guys can destroy planets. Why should I get wrapped up in what it, if they destroy a mountain? Here's like when they destroy a stadium, I feel that stadium being blown away, and everyone's like, holy crap, this is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's always an interesting thing. In obviously, you mentioned Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, everyone in that show, once you get to a certain point, is capable of effectively destroying continents. So, <laughs> so you're watching them trying not to blow away this entire little, you know, what, like twenty foot by twenty foot square every time they're fighting. It's like okay, like this, like we're just waiting for that giant thing to
0: happen. So yeah, that that does sound kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about you? What are some, what are some animes that's like really kind of shocked you? Um,
1: well, something that shocked me, and I, I believe I mentioned this in the first episode that we did, is Psychano, because I remember starting to watch that show, and uh, for those of you in England, it was uh, available on DVD as She the Ultimate Weapon. And I remember starting to watch it, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this sounds interesting, because all you could really see was that one character was kind of turned into a weapon for the army, and that it had, like, some of these characters, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any epic animation, it wasn't brilliant like that, but it was, you know, it was an animation style that you, know, you just see it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what they're going with. So it was, uh, it was still good. And you start watching it, and it's like, okay, so this girl wants to go out with this guy and they, they he agrees, but then she's going home one day and then she is just kidnapped. It's like, oh, well, that kind of went a bit dark. And then in the midst of all this, you, you also know that they're going, Japan's going through this great war with this unknown enemy. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is done to get just kind of bleak and then the girl comes back but you realize she's been made into this weapon that has to go and fight in this war and it's like all right and then as the show goes on she becomes more and more of a weapon less and less human but still wants to be with this guy and in a relationship and he's completely unsure of what the hell's going on and it just starts getting darker and darker and darker and people just start dying (laughs) and it's it's like wow this like the style of animation and the story they're telling it's just such a juxtaposition and it was wonderful i really enjoyed it i i do enjoy sort of dystopian stuff and uh, the more darker side of things and uh there's even one point and yeah i this is a spoiler but I'm just going to say it anyway That there's one point where the guy that actually turned her into the weapon comes to them and basically says okay at this point we're going to stop trying to find you but this war is still going to go on and I have no way of stopping her from becoming more and more of this weapon so I'm sorry and they go to leave and he shoots himself oh god <laughs> And it's like, "Wow, it's just all of this stuff is just in this anime that is initially billed as this little high school romance type thing and it was it was so so interesting to watch just see where are they gonna end up with this show and I think I even said before it has possibly the bleakest ending to any anime I've ever watched, but it is still the perfect ending to it. So, so, I I hardly recommend it to anyone, with the caveat that you do need to know what you're getting into. So <laughs> that maybe maybe have something like Nichojo uh, on standby, watch an episode of that after you've watched Sakano, or or just something else, something lighthearted if you need it, which I know oh, some wait. people do. <laughs>
0: You're talking about, like, dark anime. Dude, what's that anime about the girl who has, like, tentacles coming out of her head and it's, like, a super violent anime? Have you ever heard that one?
1: The girl who has tentacles coming out of her head and it's super violent. I mean, Elf
0: and Lay. Yeah, man, that, that... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it on my list of the shows as a surprise, but I remember, like, watching the first episode and, like, watching people get ripped to shreds. I'm like, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I've I only seen that Part of Elf and Lay because I I basically heard what happened in it and I was like you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna YouTube that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna watch that and I watched it and I was like okay, okay that seems cool but at that point in time I didn't have any way of watching it and I've just never gone back to watch it oh. but I but I was I was reminded of it and I, I think I mentioned this again in the last thing we did but I was reminded of it when I ended up having to watch Fantastic Four the most recent one. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, with uh,
0: Doctor Doom walking around. Yep. Yeah, I should have guessed. Yeah. Ooh, uh, shot for shot actually in some yeah, yeah. I, mean, when... I won't lie, that, that scene with Doctor Doom in that movie, despite how horrible that is, that was kinda cool and then they kinda just like stop being cool after that. It's like, Oh, cool, they set up this like psycho crazy guy and they're like oh.
1: Yeah. And then he just leaves that dimension again. Just to yeah. say, Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: But let's not talk about that terrible movie. Uh, oh,
1: yes, yes. Let's get back to anime, shall we? Uh, do, do you have any more of the, the
0: shows that surprise you in some way or another? Uh, I was going to move into. I have a. I was going to mention that. Uh, this is just more of like a, we both really, really like it, but I didn't know how comfortable because I didn't know if it was going to be on your list. But uh, Trigun. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put it on my list
1: because. I sort of figured I would like it going in. I guess the only real surprise was how much I liked it. So, <laughs>
0: uh, I guess that would be the same thing for me. But I was surprised because, um, uh, like, some shows, like you kind of just keep watching until you're just kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. And they keep setting up that mystery with Bash uh, throughout the whole season. Like, what's up with this guy? But remember when that halfway through the season, when the villain reveals himself and like takes over that city? And, like, Bash has to, like, cut, like actually, like, have a mind game with him. It was, like, the first time when the series actually started to show its, like, real teeth. When it's, like, oh, okay, this is no longer the happy-go-lucky anime. Like, here's some dark scenes in the show. And then from oh, yeah. that, I remember just being, like, you and me, like, I bet you were just as hooked as I, I was. Like, whoa, they're really pull like they pulled out these things from nowhere, but when they started pulling these uh dark characters out of nowhere and like start like my favorite character in the show was uh the priest. When you started to really yeah, figure out his Yeah, Wolf, when you figure out his dark past and how he was actually one of the assassins sent to us. So like um it's not so much like one surprise, but like how they kept building off of like this cheesy kind of anime to actually show on, like you know what cheesy anime can lead into Really freaking awesome shows if you're willing to put it in the time. Like, get past the, the 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 cheese factor, and then when it really starts to go, you're just like on the train and it will not stop. <laughs>
1: well, that, I mean that's kind of a it kind of fun to think of it like that because like, we know that Vash is not who he appears to be, and that's kind of what the first episode is all about. It's like you. If you're just kind of not paying attention, then you will just take his face value like oh, like you know he, he kind of just stumbled on this, and it's gonna be that kind of an anime that this guy is just very lucky and it's yeah. like, well, no, you weren't watching because it's not that he was lucky it's that he's that good. But he's also very good at hiding it. So yes, it's uh, it was really. Well, cool they really to see. they
0: didn't really lean into like him being a serious fighter. Like they were like they kept playing off that he was just a numbskull. Num- and even though if you were observing, you're just kind of like I-, I don't I don't really buy it. And then when they started to really flip the script, is when you're like, oh, <laughs> like you're just trying to like keep us in the engaged so that when you did went to the darker stuff, we were already invested in the characters because they really set up a. Because, like, if it wasn't for those cheesy episodes, I wouldn't have been attached to the two uh, uh, insurance agents. I I wouldn't have been attached to them at all, I think. Um, Because, you know, they've just been part of the story. They wouldn't really serve other purpose other than we're trying to make it so you stop destroying cities so our insurance companies don't have to keep paying it out. (laughs) But then when, like, they do start slipping the script, you're like, oh, wow. Like, I kind of care about these characters because they – there are a window into this world, and I see why I should carry. Like that, they could actually die now that you introduce all these real stakes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all. I mean, it is always interesting when you finally find an anime that people can die, established characters can die, and yeah, <laughs> like, obviously you've got uh, Attack on Titan as an excellent example of that one. Uh, but also on my list, actually, I put down. Knights of Sidonia, <laughs> and like I was surprised twofold. Number one, that Netflix put out an anime, and I was like, "This was the first one I heard of a Netflix anime." And I was like, "Oh, okay, like really? They they done the releases now? All right, uh, give it a go." And I was like, I started watching it. I was like, "This is awesome." Like, uh, I I got into the animation style very quickly. And actually, if you go through the animes that Netflix has and you look at the Netflix originals, you can see it feels like it's all from the same studio. Like, uh, even though a couple of them aren't, but it's still that style. So it's, uh, it's fun to watch. But yeah, I, I was really hooked into it. And then once again, when all of these characters just started dying in battle or uh, or other Reasons it was like oh this is this is one of those shows that really no one's safe I mean so far, there's one character that I think at this point he can't die just because story reasons I like, guess <laughs> I'm fairly certain this guy will will not die ooh, uh,
0: but oh can I uh it, so you you bring up uh, the the because they keep on character and they keep them alive. can I interject a show that um uh... Really, really shocked me.
1: That no, it really, in. like,
0: um, uh, have you ever watched Gurren Lagann?
1: I have not watched Gurren Lagan though, no, but it is still in my queue. It is there. I just need to press play.
0: No, um, do you mind me spoiling what happens halfway through?
1: I'll go ahead.
0: Okay, so uh, they really set up the character. These two characters, Simone and uh, Kamina. And Mm -hmm. these two characters like you have been – like they've had a bunch of episodes together. You really got attached to these characters. You really were kind of annoyed by Kamina, by how like rash and arrogant he was. But he was the leader of the group. He was the older guy. And then halfway through the show, they kill him off. He was the main character and they switched the whole series over to his friend, Simone. And you were so enraptured in that, like, when he died and when it switched over to him. And it was the first show I'd ever seen that, like, I I was already caught up by, like, how cool the animation was and the world they set up with the dystopia. But I remember just being solidly hooked of wanting to follow it to the end when they said, okay, main character's gone. Here's your new main character. I'm like, did not see that coming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just like the Mandarin predicted You'll oh gosh! Yeah. See me. Come on. Uh.
0: You'll never see me coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite um, sure what that... accent
1: that was supposed to be. <laughs>
0: Wasn't that how he was doing? Like kind of. <laughs> I apologize, everyone, for my terrible accent. You may now uh, angry comment below. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it, uh, it, send it to pat at something. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: yes. yeah. uh, all right, oh, sorry, I interrupted you, so please continue with your stuff.
1: Well, that's all right. I was, uh, I was actually going to say that a show kind of in the same vein you were saying at My Hero Academia, I came across a show that was on Netflix, and they ended up taking it away when I was halfway through the last season that they had on it. But it was something that when I started watching it, I was like, Wow, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Just based, And again, I based it entirely on the look of it. I was like, oh, this is just another shoujo anime. This is like going to be something I've seen before, but obviously a slightly different telling, or there'll be different abilities and stuff like that. But it is, and depending on how you want to say the name of it, it is either hunter x hunter or it is hunter mm-hmm. hunter <laughs> So, uh, but yes this this show i really got hooked on in the first two episodes i'm not sure what about it hooked me but it just grabbed me and i was thoroughly enjoying watching all of it i don't even know because i know it was slash is a manga But I don't know how much of the show is filler or how much of it is following the manga. And that's actually really good. Because, let's say, Naruto, you (laughs) can tell when they've reached filler. Bleach, you can tell when they've reached filler. I have no idea if any of Hunter x Hunter is filler or not. (laughs) And given how long it ran... That's actually saying something about the show.
0: (laughs) I think it's still going, isn't it?
1: It is still going, but I haven't seen it since... Trying to think of how to say this without real spoilers. Um, They end up fighting in a giant building. Mm -hmm. And they're there for quite a while. And they're fighting for money. That's about as much as I can say without really giving away story beats. But that's where I was when Netflix yanked it off of Netflix. So, uh, How I dare
0: you! Yeah,
1: so I, I didn't get the chance to finish that. Uh, so I, I need to I need to find it somewhere else and watch the rest of it. But uh, again, finding the time right now is a little difficult.
0: Sorry, I was, I was doing a little research, and I I feel for you right now because I just uh, found out who is the writer and where they are in the series. Uh, it's Yoshishiro Togashi. He was the guy who uh, wrote um, Yu Yu Hakusho, oh, nice. and uh, <laughs> what I know about him, he's he's uh, one of the few uh, manga artists out there where he became so popular that um, he finally, like, when he started to continue projects, if he just decides to take a break, he can take a break and no one can pressure him to come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll go have like massive breaks in between storylines. Yeah, and, oh man, that sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it yeah, it is alright, cuz uh, I know that what happened with the bleach manga cuz oh, yeah. the show finished but the manga kept going but the guy that was writing the bleach manga had to take about a month break because he had a really big health decline and he was hospitalized and everything and that he'd even had to tell someone else how he was planning on finishing the story, just in case. Yeah. But then he came back and he finished He finished that story. Uh, but he is now apparently working on a new manga that's going to be coming out. Oh, further. I did
0: see that. No, I uh, that whole story, if you've ever, um, for our listeners, uh, you should look into the lifestyle of a manga artist. They live horribly, hard lives man <laughs> it's a wonder they are still standing most times at the end of the week the fact that they have to pump out 20 to 30 pages on a weekly basis yep. for years
1: yeah typically and by themselves
0: yeah so uh so I, it's not surprising to hear that kite kubo had health issues like i'm surprised any of them ever survived to get through like half their series before they just keel over from exhaustion yeah
1: it, it can be interesting to, to think about and to look into just how much goes into this sort of thing. Yeah. Do you have any other TV series before we kind of talk film for a little bit or
0: Um I was just going to like the last two I was going to mention uh was I do I want to say it surprised me but it was always a kind of a, a show that sur- it was one of those first shows that really showed me like uh it surprised me because it was the first show I had I watched as a kid. Where they were showing two consecutive storylines at the same time, called uh, scryde. Okay. And so it's set in a dystopian world where people can uh, create—I um, don't know a better word to phrase it—but like personas by uh, destroying material around them and converting its mass into another being. So, like one of the ki- one of the main characters, he can transform his arm. Um, into this like crazy shock power power fist um, by converting matter, while this other guy can summon this little creature that falls around and strikes people. But one of them is just a re- uh, is a rebel, and the other guy is part of the military. And as the story continues. Yeah, their stories converge and you start to see like who is the real enemy and it was one of those stories that like was really surprising to me on how um you kept wondering why am i looking at it from both sides of this angle and then you see the struggles and the triumphs that they both experience in their journey um to get to where they're at or what who got them to where they were and you start to feel for both of them when they both had to team up and start to see uh see things from their each other's perspective it really was eye-opening for both characters to having to see like from the other side one guy the rebel having to see what organized society had done for the people on the inside the wall while the the guy who was from the inner city had grown up there he goes to the outside outskirts and sees the the lies that the government had told him about them that they were fine and they were just living um as like rebels and crazy people, what you really, he just saw a bunch of struggling people just trying to survive. So I remember just being like, so surprised. And not only that, as the story continued, you had a ton of people just die left and right. Like characters that you were invested in, like you see them self-sacrificing on both sides to achieve the greater goal. And I remember that just being such a surprise for a story to not only see from post perspectives, but to have characters who were, who were dying left and right. Uh, not gruesomely, not horrifically, but ways that they were memorable to use. Like, wow, I'm going to miss that character now from now on. Like, I don't want them gone.
1: Yeah, so that, yeah, not quite another. Or yeah. something like that. It's just, yeah, fair enough. Can't, more like Full Metal Alchemist and I'm not going to say any more than that, but anyone yeah, who's yeah. watched Full Metal Alchemist will know what we're talking about.
0: That's, that's just a show that, it's more nostalgic for me just because it was one of those shows that, that led to me discovering shows like Avatar The Last Airbender, where you did see the two antagonizing stories of, of um, Aang, the, the air nomad, coming into a world that's been conquered by the Fire Nation, and you're following the, the disgraced son Zuko as he's traveling across the world trying to find the Avatar, and you see these two parallel stories as they converge into seeing like this trials and, str- and strife that they both have to deal with the consequences of their choices and their actions and how they can choose to overcome those and become something more than what their past dictate for them
1: hmm. really cool stories there
0: uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> I,
1: I haven't seen either but
0: uh... i still highly recommend i know this is anime stuff but like we I still highly recommend Avatar: The Last and Bender for anybody of any age. Uh, it's truly one is just beautiful animation and just very fantastic storytelling. That's really well paced out. Even the filler episodes like had meaning. Every episode, like you think, why are we doing this? Why does this episode matter? And then they'll pull the trigger five episodes in. and You're like, oh, that was hugely important. Now I get it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, always nice when they really like, layer things in that actually come back. Yeah, like it, it's something that doesn't happen a lot. I feel in sort of modern day television, so mm-hmm. re- really cool to see when it actually <laughs> actually get done in something like this. So yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's it. TV wise, well, what about you?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to kind of quickly run through a <laughs> few that I've got. I, I ended up thinking of a couple more, so I've actually got Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, there that,
0: you go. <laughs>
1: that that was one that, again, I started watching just like, I'll give it an episode or two. And I was like, oh, this is this is a long burn <laughs> series, but it had interesting characters and Yes, it does have a bit of fan service and yes they kind of yeah. they give it it's been a little while since I've watched it, so I'm blanking on the, the main guy's name, but uh, they give him the sort of the Pervy sensei type yeah. uh, stereotype, but it only comes up every now and again and it, it's not actually a real big thing in the show, which is nice. <laughs> they yeah. just kinda they just kinda have it pop up for specifically comedic effect. Every few episodes or so. So it's, and it's not just uh, a main character trait that keeps continuing. So so that was kind of fun. Uh, Something I loved it when
0: they introduced Ban in that show. Ban was so cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead.
1: That's right. uh, Ban is is probably one of the best characters in that one. (laughs) Uh, yes, I also recently just finished children of the whales on netflix and oh that's
0: on my list oh i got watch that
1: yes i will I, a i recommend that you watch it and b be prepared for some difficult scenes oh man not too terrible but there are some difficult moments in it and uh, i won't say more because i can't go into it without Spoiling even just a, a few episodes in, you know like okay. I can't really uh talk about it without spoiling it, but yeah that that one i I thoroughly enjoyed watching it, and it was something that I watch anime now when I'm running, I said, I'm in that before, but I was looking forward to running so that I could keep going with the series because <laughs> I felt that they'd really they'd really made a solid show and was a lot of fun to see. Even though it was like, yeah, oh, it's another show where some people have basically magic and can do some magic stuff. with the like they wove it in in such an interesting way and gave interesting limitations, shall we say? So it was it was interesting to watch, even if there's there are a couple of points where you as the audience figure something out well before the protagonists do so it's like you're kind of waiting for them to catch up but you don't mind waiting for them to catch up because you're seeing just character moments and stuff while you're waiting for that so it actually it, it's, it's well worth a watch <laughs> i thoroughly recommend it to pretty much anyone uh, and i was i was trying to think there was uh there was one other show i did want to mention but it it escaped me for furthermore actually no it, i remember it it is and it is technically not, you know, it's not a Japanese anime, but it definitely is animation and it does draw from that kind of style. And it's actually a show called Code Lyoko, which is something <laughs> I watched when I grew up.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't think you would pull something like that. That's that's a good choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was something that, again, looking at it from the outside, it just looks skinny. You know, you've got the the CT characters, just like oh, it's that type of show. It's aimed at little kids. It's for this sort of stuff. But that's like half of the show looks like that. The other half of the show is like traditional animated, and it is actually a really cool long story across several seasons, and it was done very well and acted quite well as well. So.
0: It, it had did. its cheesy moments, but oh, I'll, 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 I'll agree with you on that. Like, because you watch the first episode, it's like this is crap, but then you start to really like uh, they they really dive into this like dark storylines. Like, how did that character get stuck in the digital world? How do we get these people out? That one guy that gets converted to evil, like, whoa, they put some dark stuff in here out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it it was cool. It was one of those shows that didn't treat the, you know, obviously there is a target audience and it was aimed yep. at, like, young teenagers, I would say is probably where it was aimed at, but they didn't treat them as if, oh, like, we're going to hold your hand through this. No, no like, they, they put stuff in knowing probably full well that not everyone was going to get it straight away, mm. but they were like, this is the story. This is what happened, so they... They told the story, and I always appreciate it when a show does that.
0: So, yeah, they trust the audience. Like, just follow us; we'll we'll guide you. Just keep following. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still can't believe that show was entirely made in France. Like, none of it was export exported. It was all done in France.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a, I mean it was a French Canadian show, but yeah, the show itself was made in France. So yeah, it was uh, uh, very cool that. That sort of stuff came out of uh, like that area. I I I have seen oh. a few French animated uh, films and stuff, and say, so have you seen Wakfu? Uh, no, I have not.
0: That's a that's an entirely French-made uh, anime show. Like, that's it, not surprised. <laughs> it's straight up anime, but it was one of those shows that like it shocked me because it starts off like really kiddish, and then as the story goes along, like you find out how because uh, it's like. Every character is a personality, like the classic kids show. And then as the story progresses, they, they start to, like, the uh, first season, kids. Second season, we're going to tra- change a little more to darker or deeper stories. And then the third season, like, all right, now we're going full hog. Here's the dark stories. Characters going to die here. Certain characters are going to have tragic losses. Like, what is happening? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I, and I was
1: I, like, oh, good. I was like, I may need to. Re-end that to the queue i i believe I, I had it in my netflix queue and i took it off because the queue was just getting huge and i had to do a little bit That's of culling
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it was one of those shows like, i i tr- purely turned it on just because like oh i want i i knew it was a french made anime that got kickstarted and uh, i followed the artist who was on the show for years before that and i saw they were kickstarting the show and i never found a way to watch it and then when i saw it on netflix like all right, I'll check it out. And I started watching the first season. Like, Oh, that was fun. And I saw that there were two seasons. And when I started the second season, they were like up in the game every single episode after that, um, telling these really deep stories with each of these characters. And I was so stunned by that. It's like, wow, they, um, kudos for a studio. That's not familiar with anime, but to like, not only start a show that was a Kickstarter show, but to uh, really not only tell beautiful stories with like great, gorgeous anime, but to actually tell compelling stories, um, so I was so stunned by that. So, all right then. So, should we move on to movies?
1: I think so. Yes. So let's kind of make this one a whistle stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go through, <laughs> and then we can get to uh, the final talking point. Then, so um, Dan, why do not you give your list, and I'll give mine.
0: I don't really have two. I have a ton of them, but like these are the two that just stand out in my mind.
1: Uh, was
0: uh, I, I love anything how Miyazaki makes? Yeah, purely <laughs> anything he does is just like beautiful. Now, Grant, when you sit there and watch it, like there's nothing profound to his storytelling, but just how he does the is just makes it so it it truly defines what art as an animation or animation as an art form. But uh, his his creme de la creme in my mind is Princess Mononoke. Right. Because it was the first time I had ever see. like I remember watching our cartoon network of all things. And <laughs> someone was telling me like this is just a one-and-done movie. I'm like, but an anime movie? I, it was the first time I had ever conceptualized it. And I remember sitting there watching like Princess Mononoke. Okay. I'm sitting here watching like, okay, let's see this uh, female protagonist. And the first third of the movie is just following this uh, guy who gets banished from his village. And I was so confused, like, what is happening? <laughs> I thought I was watching a heroine because the trailers told me it was about a heroine. And then you actually find out it was a story of two characters, one guy who comes from the village of man and the princess who comes from the the forest as they're battling the forces of of, of mechan- like uh, advancing sciences and nature and how they have trouble commingling. And it's just a really, really well-done story. But I remember just being thrown for a loop like, I don't see a princess, I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) But I I highly recommend that. I highly recommend anything from Miyazaki, but if you need an intro to his style, I definitely recommend uh, Princess Mononoke. I mean, that
1: that is a a good one. My, My favorite Ghibli film, which is a bit odd, I don't necessarily think it is the best Ghibli film, But my favorite Ghibli film that I've seen is actually The Cat Returns.
0: I've never seen that one, but I know I want to watch it someday.
1: It it is kind of cool to watch. It's one of those ones that really, when you think about it, the actual stakes of the story aren't that high. Mm -hmm. But it's just a nice, fun watch. And just it's one of the ones where, for me... I just got to kind of sit and watch the animation and the the story i could follow the story and everything was fine but like i just kind of got to sit and watch and <laughs> a lot of ghibli films you do really need to be following the story because there's like little beats that'll be coming up later or things like that so it's like uh, you get to at least the first time you had to be really paying attention to the story and the dialogue and then you can also be like, oh, that animation, nice, and then the next time you watch it, you can go, ah, oh, like now I'm appreciating all of this little animation that goes in, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, the Cat Returns
0: for me is my favorite one to just kind of sit back and watch. Mm. Good choice. I'll have to watch that one. <laughs> I have a goal to like, to like, watch every single Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli film um, in their entirety from beginning to end. Like I just want to see all their stuff because they're all so good, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I have a few that have uh, uh, slipped past me, so I need to, uh, at some point, figure out how I'm going to watch all of those. (laughs) Yeah, same here.
0: Um, Another one for me? Yeah. All right. Um, I remember uh, finding this one day, and I was kind of curious, because I saw that there was a bunch of good reviews on iTunes, and so I just bought it thinking, like, oh, okay, it's a TV show, but I was surprised to find out it was a movie, and it was called Wolf Children. Hmm. And actually I, I started digging around in the movie after I watched it and it actually received a bunch of praise even from how Miyazaki of like wow. how well the, the movie was done. And so the whole concept is is uh, this woman falls in love with a man who can turn into a wolf. Right. And it's just them like – but he's he's just a normal guy. Like yeah, I can turn into a wolf but I'm a human. You know, I do normal human stuff. And it's just them <laughs> like it's, – it's really cute in the beginning because like you just see them as young love becoming first-time parents and just trying to you know get uh go about their days and then tragically the dad dies Hmm. and so the mom's left on her own to raise two kids who have wolf tendencies and you're seeing her have to come to grips with okay not only am i like a first-time mother with these kids but like i don't know how to raise children who have these mixed bloodlines i don't know how to like educate them how to help them come to terms with who they are and it's uh it's their story from from birth till adolescence and it's really fascinating to watch as she like comes to terms with how she needs to raise both these kids. Like both, it's like how any kid, like each kid has to be raised in a way that the parent determines on their own and it's the way the story progresses. Like she realizes one of the kids has to be raised in one way and the other kids be raised another way and she has to grapple with this as a single parent. And not only that, but like being a single parent who has to support them, like and it's just such a well done thing. That it's not only just like okay, that sounds like a well trotted story, but like when you introduce like these wolf things, like you get a whole new uh, depth to the story because like there's more stakes than like typical kids that you cannot anticipate. Like I can't anticipate my kid to scream because if she screams, he's she's probably gonna scratch you and attack you.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I I feel like I've heard of that one, but. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen it. like Even just have... like, on any of the streaming services that I've got. So I'll have to keep an eye out for that one.
0: Watch a trailer and I bet you'll be sold right off the premise like, okay, this sounds really nice. All
1: right, I'll, uh, I'll queue it up for later then. <laughs> right, uh, I'll give uh, the two that I've got on my list. Then. Okay. Uh, so I have... And I believe again I mentioned these previously, but I can get a little bit more into it now. The so the first one I have is the girl who leapt through time. Ah, oh, uh, take it. That's that's my list. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean it. It was something that I actually went into completely blind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just I saw the look of it and I was like, oh, like yeah, it's got some really cool animation. It seems as though it'll be a fun watch and I started watching it and the story kept happening. I was like, Wow, I'm genuinely watching a feature length slice of life, as it were. Mm-hmm. And then it kept going. I was like, Oh, they've really thought this out. There's there's a lot in here that if you're not paying too much attention to, it will kind of slip by you and it's clear they've got a couple of messages that they're trying to play with and then there's one or two things that happen towards the end that make you try and rethink what was happening throughout the film. So it was it was really cool to watch and I ended up rewatching it the next day just to kind of go back and be like, "Oh, okay, so so when this was happening, like was this when this other thing started happening?" And it's yeah, you know, difficult to talk about without spoiling the end of the film. So I, I don't really want to cover too much more than that, but it was something that really jumped out at me as, yeah, wow, this is a, such a cool film, and I was genuinely surprised by how good it was. <laughs> and <laughs> and in that same vein, um, something that I was even more surprised with how good it was, and that was entirely based on previous examples, was... Final Fantasy Advent Children. Chilton. Because <laughs> I, cause I heard that was coming out and I was like, okay, we all saw what happened with the last Final Fantasy film that came out. Unfortunately. <laughs> and so I was just thinking about it. And I was just going, please don't fuck this up.
0: Please
1: <laughs> don't. I, Yeah, even though I never finished the game I like, I know the story. I really like the characters. I played some of the. I like, I even played the uh the Vincent Valentine PlayStation Two game that came out.
0: Oh, you played that piece of garbage.
1: I did, and I actually oh. finished it. Like, I Fort- I played all the way through, and I I kind of enjoyed following Vincent as a character. I will agree, the uh the actual mechanics of the game worked great. And there were there were several bits where I was just button mashing to get my way through. But like, I actually enjoyed seeing his side of things and seeing more story from his perspective. So that was cool and uh, like this one came out and I was like, Oh just be good, just be just be at least be okay and I watched it and I was like, Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> they actually made something that was it just felt like uh, not only a continuation of the story, but was just done so well and had so many good little nods to the game, uh, as such as there there is a point where uh, Tifa is fighting one of the antagonists in...
0: Oh, that is a cool fight scene. <laughs> yeah,
1: in the church. Yeah. And, uh, you you think everything's done and then you just hear, da 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 and it turns out it's not done. But it's uh, it was such a cool nod to the, to the game and where it all came from. And for people that uh, may have even seen this but don't know, there are, if you go online, there are three written stories that are canon, that are connected to the film that are either prequels or sequels to it. And they're just like little one-off stories that were written. And uh, they're really cool. They're really worth a read. So I would would recommend people go and and read those. Um, But yeah, those are the two that kind of jumped to mind when I was coming up with this. Do you have any more on your list?
0: No, I, I, ju- I was just gonna make an honorable mention for shows like uh, that are really experimenting with the medium of anim- animation and still telling like really engrossing yet surprising stories like Ruby uh, yeah. I was you know Ruby's one of those shows that I, I was you know when you started off you're like okay this is kind of cheesy but uh when you get to um, Monty ohm's animation is when you seal the deal like this is something that's beyond our comprehension this needs to be more i need more of this more
1: <laughs> yeah i mean like it props to ruby for having the most epic food fight in history yes. i think
0: yes <laughs> and if you haven't seen that you ha- just for that show alone just go watch the the food fight scene and then you'll be hooked
1: yeah and it like basically if you are not on board watching that then Ruby is not the show for you. No. <laughs> if, if you are at all on board from that, then just watch Ruby.
0: <laughs> oh, but like the, the show, not only does you know does the the good heartfelt story, but like they the when they dive into the deep dark side, they really dived in the deep dark side to where you genuinely got emotional responses. I was surprised by that show. So
1: yeah, I. Uh... Such a shame that Monty couldn't stick around to
0: well to help the <laughs> but show. They do not want to stick around. It, just, it, it was an unfortunate accident of like finding it. What a terrible way to find out you have an allergy! Sometimes when you go in for a simple procedure and then you die from it.
1: Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they um I and mean, luckily, if you can say that, that he pretty much had the Ruby Bible written before they even started the show. So they were able to draw from that to uh, continue to show the way that Monty wanted. So yes. it was, Yeah. Uh, and of course you've got, uh, you got miles as uh yeah. head writer and he's, yeah, he really knows what he's doing.
0: They got they, they a grasp of whether they're wanting to go to that story. So like I said, that was just an honorable mention that I'll leave yeah. it there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Good, good shout out. Uh,
1: Alright, so, and I do think that bleeds fairly well into the final thing we were going to talk about, which we kind of did talk about as uh, we were going through that, which is basically the idea of animation as the storytelling medium itself, because when it comes to anime and animation, I know a lot of people are kind of put off by it, Uh, like uh, my sister, for instance, hates watching animated things and I, I've never actually got a proper explanation out of her as to why but you know she never watched the Simpsons or Futurama she doesn't enjoy watching something that isn't real quote-unquote mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of odd because it does feel like she's missing out on some things that are, can just be fantastic Stories and told in a way that you just can't tell with
0: live action. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, like the like that show you just introduced me to, the Violet Evergarden. I yeah. I would introduce that to anybody who's wanting the question, like, why is anime such a good form of storytelling? Like, Have you seen this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Violet Evergarden is phenomenally beautiful and such a good story. <laughs> well, it, deeply
0: tragic, too. I mean, oh, yeah.
1: God. Yeah, but that, I and mean, that's part of the charm of, of the it. Charm, yeah. And, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's about... Like, yeah. And just imagine trying to do this with live action. So it's about a uh, girl, basically, yeah. uh, who, during the war, had lost both of her arms and uh, now has, uh, basically, robot arms. And she goes and gets a job as a typewriter basically uh, for those of you that know anything about the show yet yeah, dolls is uh, it's what they're referred to as but they are people that write letters for other people and she does this because she wants to understand what her senior officer told her before he died and it's just just on that alone it's like so this is someone that never really got to grow as a person trying to understand what happened to her and to her senior officer during the war by helping other people with their grief, with their joy, with all of this sort of stuff. And it's, it's so well done. And just the visuals that they were able to do in the show are something that I don't think you could have recreated in live action as well. You could have had fantastic actors doing the roles and could have been able to have people emote beautifully but I would argue the you know, the prosthetic arms wouldn't look as good and you wouldn't be able to convey everything that you can get in the animation style so it's <laughs> and uh, and and that's not to say that yeah you know, animation can do anything live action can do because sometimes it, it like just actually having the live person there you're able to get a little bit more out in certain circumstances than you can through animation, depending on the studio, say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, I I always find it difficult to understand why someone would completely discount anime and animation as an art form and a storytelling Medium. Well, I
0: think I think I can speak to that because I I was one of those people who was really resistant to anime growing up, and I only grew into it as I got older. Um, because what, what originally, what set me off from anime is that a lot of times it's, uh some anime has like the way it's colored and the way it's juxtaposed, like it really has like deformed humans that often look a lot similar to each other with the you know quote anime eyes, but everybody's yeah. face structure is very same. If you know what I'm talking about, like uh, compared to like Western animation, like when you see a character model, every character stands out from each other. No one really looks the same from next to each other. Yeah, if someone like early anime, like because uh, of you know cost-cutting measures, you know you're trying to make so many characters on the screen. A lot of them had the same kind of outline structure. That's why it's easier to copy anime than as Western anime animation because you get to do line, 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 lines, all jagged marks. um, <laughs> But I think what anime allows you to – what I what helped me to overcome it was uh, seeing shows like Cowboy Bebop, which right. had all the, the typical tropes like Busty Women and Anime Eyes. But like uh, the way they set up the show with uh, – the way they colored it, the way – like the, the, the steampunk aesthetic that I had not seen because uh, I feel like – anime or particularly Japanese animation take a lot more risk with, uh, with uh, sci-fi and fantasy tropes because they recognize like, here's our world. Why don't we just screw around it and create something that is massive, majestic and something you've never seen before, even as early back as like the early twenties before like, you know, Western animation had mostly like animals and, more propaganda, and all that, so like a lot of those stuff like we we come to that understanding of here's what an animation should look like, and yet uh, Japanese anime, which now has been streamlined, really was experimenting with the idea of what can you do in a fantasy world and how far can you take the concept?
1: Yeah, yeah i mean, I, I just always found it interesting to to see just the vast range. When it comes to anime, you know, like yeah. you have shows that are, for instance, like Nichojo. which is just literally is about these these girls and guys at this school, and you see just little snippets of their life. That's it. That's all that show is, and it's got the incredibly silly stuff, obviously. But that that that's basically what that show is and then you've got say ghost in the shell which is something that you know obviously technology is super advanced at this point and is a deep dive into the idea of identity and what it means to be human what it means to have a soul if one actually exists or what it would mean to maybe not have been born but are you real like and it's like that's such a cool thing in my opinion to go into and then you've also got say dragon ball z like going into <laughs> like the mainstream where it is just pretty much fight of the week or fight that lasts a couple of months like it's <laughs> it's one or the <laughs> other in that show uh yes uh, or you've got uh, like trigun which is a west a space western that i would argue is like on par with Firefly. Uh, it's got a completely different show, but just in terms of storytelling and character development and growth and just how much you get attached to the characters, I would say it's pretty much like neck and neck for me. And that's saying something for those of you that know how much I like Firefly. So. <laughs> like that, and the... So that's so interesting. All the way to it's Are oh My Goddess, which is basically a harem anime uh, <laughs> and, but yeah, in my personal opinion still good. And actually I kind of enjoy it because as you actually go through it, it's incredibly obvious from you know, episode one that the main character is actually pretty much in love with the the main female character in the show. And you know that she's going to end up falling for him. And it doesn't actually matter who else turns up because they, they're they going to end up together. So it, and the show doesn't really hinge on any of the other characters actually trying to f- fall for him or, act, or anything like that. They just get in the way. And that's where that comes from. But it, it basically builds up the Halloween anime. So, mm-hmm. uh, so what you, what you see is kind of what you get. So, but. <laughs> But like I said, it's just there's a huge range of different types of story and different types of setting and different things that go on. Like for Metal Alchemists, you've got alchemy, which is effectively magic, uh, <laughs> and then you've got things like Ghost in the Shell, going back to that, where there is no magic whatsoever. It's just all a continuation of the technology that we have now, and where is that going to go in the future? So it's really that you can have really grounded in reality or totally off there in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> like All under one umbrella.
0: So it's it's really cool. <laughs> I have to agree. No, anime is just one of those... Uh, animation in general is just one of those mediums at which you can tell incredibly in-depth stories while also still being willing to make it approachable to some people. Um, I, I just wanted to use an example of a show that, like, blew me with a way recently called uh Steven universe. All right. And, uh, the way they do the story, you watch the show like this is a kid show. I shouldn't tune in, this, but I kept seeing all the hype and praise that it was doing. And the thing that they are doing with the show is they're really exploring things that no other show today I've ever seen explore with animation. Um, not so much like doing massive, like, uh, uh, like, Beautiful set pieces, but they use animation to really explore really dark themes such as abandonment and, uh, and PTSD and um, uh, coming to terms with one's own identity. But through the actions of characters interacting with each other in animation form um something that i'd never seen done before in shows and i was so stock, shocked shocked that you know this is animation doing it and i've seen plenty of animes who've done the same thing where you can um just set up you look at it you go like trigon's the best example of that you start off with this generic premise but you slowly build you put in the seeds here you put in the seeds there and then when you finally unwrap the uh the rows you start to see like whoa, this is way more intricate than I ever thought it was. And, you know, and, and I think animation is one of the few shows or type of media that can really kind of build upon itself uh, without the audience ever catching on to it. So, like, some shows, uh, uh, live animation shows or live action shows kind of do it, but I feel like it, it sometimes gets lost in its own attempt to tell unique stories. Um, for example, Lost. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where where you get so caught up in trying to tell a unique story and play all these seeds that you kind of lose the focus, and then you're like, okay, well we gotta make this last twenty th- to thirty episodes. You're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's try it. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I I don't understand a lot of that type of thing where you do have like Lost was probably the best example in my opinion because I. I got to watch my university housemates go from being complete and utter avid fans of the show, and then we left university just as the last season was going. So I got to witness them posting online about, like, you know, okay, there' so many episodes left, like, we're hoping it'll all wrap up and all this stuff, and then they watched the final episode, and I just saw their Facebook post after that, and I was like, they didn't like that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it can get like things can get so convoluted about that sort of stuff, but I, I do find that, and um, obviously, there are some exceptions, uh, one notorious one in particular. But, uh, like, with anime, unless they're cancelled, like everything pretty much works to a defined end, like, there's always uh, as much of a resolution as you can possibly get, and uh, the I don't think I've watched an anime where there's been a dangling story thread left at the end, unless it's something that is specifically left there either in case of a spin off or a sequel or is something where the characters themselves are just like, Well, like we'll deal with it next, and that's just the end of the story that like the idea is to <clears throat> is that we're not going to see them continue on, but, like, they've reached this point of resolution, they've reached this point in their lives, and we know that they're just going to go on and do this. So it's... Uh, the only the only example I've ever heard of is there was one anime that ran for... Ooh, had to be, like, 300 episodes. And <laughs> in the final episode, they only sold, like, a few of the dangling storylines, and then it basically went off to credits, and then it came up with the words of, the adventures continue in the manga.
0: <laughs>
1: and it was like, uh, I i was actually listening to an anime review podcast at the time, and they said this, and their response to that was just, fuck you, no. <laughs> like, there was, cause it, they were all saying, like, we were really on board with the show, and then they just kind of ended it like that. Because they would, they just didn't want to make the show anymore. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, now the, you can, you can have a few bad eggs, as it were. It's, but uh, yeah, I, I would argue that anime is probably one of the, the most solid storytelling mediums out there, just because of how much effort goes into making it. Mm-hmm. That the finished product is always something that whatever they set out to make, it pretty much never comes out until it's ready in terms of this is what we wanted this is like we finished this product now you get to watch it yeah whereas uh, i feel that a lot of tv shows in america especially where it's often quantity over quality they they'll do a season of something and the next season comes and they kind of wrap up the storyline but it's like did you have a plan or did you just write a story that you could keep writing Without actually finishing, <laughs> All right. uh, I don't think I have any more to add to this particular. I don't. Discussion. I don't.
0: Th- I think we've. I think we've covered our ground of saying why animation can be surprising while also in depth and uh, more and as and in an essence, of the form that it is uh, can be quite a visual storytelling device. That uh, goes beyond what we typically assume in storytelling because we just look at anime like that's just stupid shows. When in actuality, they they have a lot to, to say and have a lot to show if you're willing to put in the time and effort.
1: Yeah, um, uh, oh, one last uh, recommendation actually for anyone with Netflix in America is watch Blame because it's actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, looks like it was made by the same studio that made Knights of Sidonia And uh, for all I know, it was. I haven't actually dealt into that. But uh, yeah, it's the uh, same kind of animation style. It's another, technically it's a Netflix original. But that can really mean that they just bought the rights to it at this point. So I don't actually know if Netflix commissioned it or anything. But it was, uh, it was really well done. And I do heartily recommend it. Uh, But again, it is one of
0: those shows that
1: maybe not everyone makes it at the end, possibly. You know, Mm -hmm. just putting that out there.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're looking for another Netflix recommendation, uh, I definitely recommend those who grew up watching Voltron. Check out the DreamWorks reboot of Voltron. It's pretty legit. All right. uh, I
1: got two solid recommendations there for for anyone that was looking for him, uh, so I think with all of that being said, <laughs> I've been Paul. I've been Pat. And thank you for listening.
0: In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good
1: night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here. It's over go home go hi there Paul here with a quick theatre etiquette lesson for you did you know that opening a bag of candy can take less than five seconds